Welcome to the You Don't Own the Lake podcast. My name is Brian Andreka, owner and full-time fishing guide of Kansas Angling Experience Guide Service. Join me here once a week as well as on the YouTube channel with special guests to discuss a wide variety of topics in the fishing world from Kansas fishing to baits to presentations, boats, electronics, and just general all-around talking. Thanks to everyone for tuning in and hope you enjoy the episode. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to another exciting episode on the You Don't Own the Lake podcast. Uh, Thank you for being patient. I took a week off. I was up in Green Bay, Wisconsin last week doing some walleye fishing, so I hope you guys are enjoying those videos on the YouTube channel. And speaking of Green Bay, Wisconsin, we have a very special guest for you guys tonight on the podcast, Mr. Max Wilson, NWT Pro, MWC Pro, all-around LiveScope Pro, and that's a lot of what we're going to talk about tonight is how he has got dialed in, so dialed in on live scoping giant walleyes, how it's changed the way that he fishes uh, for fun and in the tournaments and stuff that he fishes in. So should be some really fun conversation. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. We'll see you at the end of the episode. Okay. Welcome to my podcast. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. Did you know that you don't own the lake? I do actually. I, I dug it myself. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'm happy to have you on. Um, it's been a long time coming, obviously, considering we've talked all the time. Unfortunately, did not get to link up in Green Bay. Um, had trolling motor issues that day or battery issues oh, that day. Dude, I had nothing but issues that day. I got up there and my uh, I've, I've had just a battery nightmare this year. And uh, yeah, my my trolling motor batteries were were shot. So I got there and realized that I had no uh, no way to bounce around. So I kind of drifted around for a few hours. And uh, live scoped a few, and then put her on the trailer and went home. So, just one of one of them days. It's because you spend too much time on the fox. Well, <laughs> That's no. why those batteries are dead. Yeah, right. Right. I actually only made it up there three times this year. I barely barely fished the fox. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I just I felt like it was a lot more because you told me that you were sick of it, and I figured you were there just pounding them. No, I I'm just like generally sick of that river. Like I I love that. River, yeah. Don't get me wrong, but I'm. I'm sick of that river, but it's uh, just the same, you know, the same quality of fish every, every single day, you know, so, and it's the same bite every year. So I just kind of, I don't know, this, it took me a while to kind of get in the fishing mode this year. I just kind of mentally was out of it a little bit and just really didn't feel like going up to the Fox. Every time I tried every guy tip trip I had scheduled, we had like gale force winds or 80 mile yeah. winds with snow and we just ended up rescheduling most of the trip. So kind of. It didn't really go pay to go out there and just fun fish or whatever. And then we had a early start to the tournament season. So I was on the road for that when normally I'd be down at the Fox. So yeah, it's, you know, what, well, uh, we'll kind of segue into that. And I guess for a lot of you guys that are listening that maybe didn't read the description, um, Max Wilson, uh, big time walleye tournament fisherman. I know how much he loves bass too. Uh, we can't forget that, but I'll just kind of let you take it away, introduce yourself. I mean, I've heard this story a hundred times because I've followed your career for a long time and uh, listened to all the podcasts and everything. But just for the folks that may not know who you are, where you're from, kind of how you came up, because you're quite a bit younger than I am and you haven't really been in the tournament scene for too terribly long, I feel like. Um, So take it away. Tell us all about yourself. Then we can talk fishing, fishing. Yeah. Um, You know, I'm I'm actually 26 years old. Um, I started tournament fishing when i was a sophomore in high school between sophomore and junior year of high school um you know one day i just kind of decided uh uh 
I was competitive, but I was really bad at sports. I uh, played rugby and football, and I, I've been this height since seventh grade, so everyone else started growing, <laughs> and I, I stopped. So, uh, you know, I I, I realized that, uh, you know, I had a passion for fishing, and I I, did, I decided one day to sound a whim to try it, and um, we actually ended up taking second in the very first tournament I ever fished. And uh, I think it was on a Tuesday was when I Googled just local tournaments because I was driving up to Lake Winnebago seven days a week fishing it. And uh, I was like, ah, screw it. I want to try a tournament. And um, I, uh, I Googled it, found a Sheboygan Walleye Club tournament that weekend and uh, hopped in it. And we just we actually weighed 12.96 and 12.97 won it. So we just missed the win. Um, and so that was kind of addicting. You know, year, I was like, wow, someone handed me money for fishing that day. You know, so it. Yeah. It, that addiction started and you know it, it uh that first year was a really good year for me you know you kind of get into that false sense of uh um confidence when you have that you know everyone hits winning streaks and you know i'm like oh sure. my gosh this is easy you know and so really just kind of went full full force you know full steam ahead and uh you know fished throughout the rest of high school and then ended up joining the marine corps right out of high school uh i left for a year of training stuff like that um you know i i was in the reserve so I, uh, about just over a year I was gone. And then as soon as I came back, I went, uh, started fishing again, started working a full-time job. Um, but the, the fishing, it was a kind of a come to Jesus moment. I got my, my butt kicked for, uh, quite some time there. And, uh, that was kind of the, okay, you're not as good as you think you are. And it, it really drove me to, uh, you know, to, to learn, you know, and, and just get, get better. And, you know, it's, it's been what, eight years coming on nine years on tour now on fishing. Um, and it's, it's been quite, quite the wild ride. I was fortunate enough to win the NWT championship when I was 21, uh, uh, in 2018. Um, we also won, me and Isaac won team of the year for the MWC, both in 18 and 19, we went back to back. So ever since then, nice. you know, we've had a, you know, I've, I've had a successful career, you know, but it's, it's just been a, a wild journey along the way, you know, it's taken me so far it's taken me all across the globe you know i'm on the usa open water team i'm the team captain of that and try we compete in europe south africa all over the all over the world for that so walleyes have taken me just about everywhere you could possibly go didn't yeah didn't you do like a like a xander tournament or so like a xander perch tournament or something in europe so every every year we have the world championship um for the usa angling and uh, it's somewhere different every year. My first year, we competed in England. And then shortly after that, we went to um, South Africa. Uh, and then last year, finally, after COVID, we, we got started up again. So we we were in uh, the Czech Republic last year. And those are predator tournaments. So it's not just uh, one species like we hear, we have here in the States. Over there, it's right. whatever the local predator is. you know. So in England and Czech Republic, it was pike, perch, and xander, which is the European walleye. Mm-hmm. And then in Africa, it was... Uh, bass a couple of different species of catfish and a couple of like their local like tilapia and stuff like that so um, that's wild yeah you, it, it's an added twist you know you only have two days of practice you know so it's it's difficult you know most of us are walleye guys so you know we think going over there we're going to target xander and so far um every tournament we've been in has been one off of either perch or pike so it's a little bit of a learning curve trying to learn a different species especially a you know in a whole different continent because every i mean you know every you know even walleyes fish differently from how you would fish them in kansas to how you fish them in oh yeah you know so it's a big time it's a learning curve but it's, it's something cool that i you know i have a lot of pride um in doing it you know, get to represent your country and and there's a lot that i've taken from over there um that i've learned from anglers over there that i've got to utilize over here um you know and so it's it's definitely been a really cool opportunity for sure 
Yeah. Yeah. It's fun, man. That was super cool to see. I mean, like you said, just an amazing opportunity to be, who else is on that team? So it's me, uh, John Hoyer, uh, and then oh, yeah. Nick, Nick shirts and then, uh, Ryan buddy. So it's this, cool. this year's team. It, uh, was probably one of the most accomplished teams that I, you know, I've ever, I've ever fished with. I mean, John's won two national championships. I won one, the one that I won Nick Schertz, uh took second in and, and Schertz is on the uh the ice team. I mean, he's one of the most success I mean that you could put that guy in a in, in a sewage pond, he'd come out smelling like roses with ten pound walleyes. You know, he's a he's an yeah. absolute hammer and Ryan Buddy's a freaking stick. He's a uh Delta airline pilot, so he flies all over. So he's a lot of uh overseas experience. He's been fishing and doing all the shore banging over there and then he's a Lake Erie boy, but he's one of the few Lake Erie boys that I know that can go anywhere in the country and just wreck fish. So it's a yeah. group of hammers and I've, I've learned a lot fishing with those boys. Yeah, that's awesome. So how did the, uh, Illinois tournament go? <laughs> um, not, su- not super good. Yeah, it, it went, <laughs> that wasn't a rhetorical question. Most people are probably going to want to know how your derby season's going. Oh, it's, it's been a mess so far this year. I mean, it's, it's, it's been the best, uh, you know, the, Spring Valley was the best worst tournament I've ever had in my life. So I fished, I finished 103rd, um, got my um, behind absolutely handed to me. Um, and one of my worst events I've ever had as a pro. And, and it, to say it was demoralizing is an understatement. But um, the reason why Spring Valley was so important, uh, that that's the home of my late best friend, uh, Mike Hanson. He was a teammate, mm-hmm. travel partner for many years. Um, and he, he passed away from covid uh, last year and me and JJ, uh, his tournament partner, we won the MWC down there last year, uh, in his honor first tournament that he hadn't been there for. Um, yep. and what made that this tournament so amazing, uh, was JJ ended up winning that event. So yeah, I don't think I could ever have been happier. Um, if I, even if I had won it, I, I don't think I could have been happier because that was the, you know, the ending to the story that we've been writing for years. Um, yep. you know, and, and to have a behind the scenes firsthand experience for that. I mean, he, he won it out of my boat. So I get, I, I claim half the win, you know, cause it was out of my there you boat. Go. So, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I take half credit for it, but no, just to see JJ finally get that, uh, you know, get that big win, get it from Mike, you know, and, and to see JJ now have his, his shot at, uh, fishing the pro side. And, and this was his, his big start. We've been working for that for years to get him there. And, you know, it's a family. I mean, you know, the fish, you know, your, your fishing friends are your family. And when you travel yep. tournaments, you know, like we do, you know, those are the first guys that kind of took me under their wing. Um, and, to, you know, they've been there for every single big moment of my career, every win, um, you know, him and Mike were the first ones to, you know, pick me up off my feet and give me a giant bear hug when I won. So to be there, for JJ when he won, you know, it's, I always tell people it's the coolest, one of the coolest stories from that week was um, where JJ was going was where we, where we won the MWC last year and it was Mikey's spot. Um, and he had to lock through to get there. And um, mm. he, uh, it, it was dangerous because you're dealing with lock traffic and, you know, barge traffic and everything. And so all day I'm like a worried parent, right? I, I'm telling my cameraman that was following me around, like, God, I just hope JJ makes it. I hope JJ makes it. I hope he has a good day. I'm just like, I could care less about myself at that point. I'm just worrying about JJ, you know? And yeah. um, I'm standing in the weigh-in line and my camera guy was talking to the other camera guy that we had following us around. And uh, he was following Hoyer and, and Dewey and all of them. And uh, he goes, uh, yeah, I, he goes, I, I heard uh, someone lock through and caught an eight-pounder. And I whipped my head around so fast that it damn near snapped. And I go, well, what did you just say? 
and he like looked at me and he's a young kid and he looked at me like because they're he he couldn't tell me any information about what other boats were doing throughout the week right and he like looked at me and i told him i said the tournament's over right now i said unless you want to get like chinese water tortured you're gonna tell me what you what you just said <laughs> and he goes i i heard a i heard a boat lock through and, and caught an eight pounder i said okay what type of boat and he goes uh it was an aluminum uh triton and i'm over there like Oh, oh my God! Because so, to catch an eight pounder on on uh, the on the Illinois River, that's like catching a fifty pounder anywhere else. I mean, it just right, happen. which is primarily like a sauger fishery. Yeah. yeah. So if you get well, for the most part, if you get a walleye, like you're doing, like it's getting better now, but like it used to be, if you got a walleye, you won the tournament. And I'm over there, right? All of a sudden, I'm nervous. You know, I'm like, oh my God! I'm like, and I asked him, like, so did he did he make it back through the lock? He goes, yeah, he locked down. And I'm over there jumping up and down, like, you know, and I'm over there on shoreline waiting for him. And I'm like mm -hmm. checking my watch nervously, you know, because it's getting close to check-in time. And two minutes before check-in, I see that, I see the little, uh, we call it baby Triton. I see baby Triton come around the bend. And I'm over there like, let's go, you know, and he came in. Yeah. He, I asked him, I'm like, please, God, tell me you got five. He goes, I only got three. He goes, but I'm like, you got a big one. I know. And I opened the box and I saw two big ones in there and I'm like. Oh my God, oh. he freaking did it, you know? So the, the party that we had after and that moment of being all, you know, just, I mean, me and Isaac were bawling our eyes out. We're hugging. Mm -hmm. it, was a, it was a huge moment. So it was a great start. You know, I wish Mike would have probably given me a little bit more than a hundred third place worth of fish, but you know, it's, yeah. overall it's, it was, you know, it was a fun tournament. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun one to watch too. Just with that whole story. I used to talk to Mike quite a bit about Sagers a couple of years ago. Yeah. He would reach out and we would talk and, swap pictures back and forth i mean we catch big big saugers down here like up to 22 and a half 23 inches which for most people who are listening that's a pretty big sauger yeah oh yeah especially pre-spawners so well that's cool so what's the next stop then uh so i got a i got an aim this weekend on uh winnebago and then uh, after that we got the nwts coming to winnebago so i actually live 15 minutes from Winnebago, so i get to be at home for mm -hmm. for the next little bit which is nice um you know, so I, I don't have to be on the road quite as much. And once it yeah. kind of calms down a little bit, I'll be out there just about every day. Yeah, it was unreal. Like the week that I was up in Green Bay, I mean, the weather was, I mean, it wasn't like terrible. We had one, one and a half blow days, like really bad ones. And then the day that I, the day after I leave, then it's like 80 degrees all week. All those fish are dumping. Yep. And now it's back to snowing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was, uh, it was a beautiful week. I mean, I was, I was up at the rainy river for the first, first part of it. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm fishing in a t-shirt, you know, and I actually came home a day early because I got so sunburned that I was just in so much pain. And I didn't think, that, <laughs> I didn't think like Northern Minnesota, almost Canada, I'm going to need my, my sun shirts. You know what I mean? So I didn't, yeah. and I'm over there just roasting right. and, you know, I came, I actually came back and we went bluegill fishing in the channels on Bago and it was 63 degree water. And then we went out to Sturgeon Bay, you know, out there and, it's it was ice when i left and it was 45 degree waters you know 47 degree water i'm like what the heck? you know what the heck? yeah this is just unbelievable yeah the east side's good right now that's i'll be looking forward to coming up and seeing you and uh and solberg too that i think i just booked uh beach harbor resort for my dad and i even though i mean it's like you know half hour 45 minutes south or whatever where we're gonna fish and stuff that was the closest one um, well, the nice thing is if, even if it's like a little blowy up there, you can go like out right in front of Surgeon Bay up Larson's and stuff like that. And oh yeah. You can get some really nice fish out there. I, I guide out mm -hmm. that side. Most of, uh, uh, 
most of like July and August. And when at the fish are being finicky up there, I go up towards, uh, or go right out Larson's area and we catch a ton of real, you know, same, same quality of fish. So there's yeah. that whole east yeah. side can be beautiful that time of year. I know. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I've only ever really been up to door County in like mid to late May for smallies. Never done the I summertime stuff. to our Lord and savior. If I see you touch a trolling rod in August, I'm <laughs> done, done. That would be weird. I would, I would consider it right now at night. Um, up there maybe because it's just it was fun yeah no that's that's fun when they do it but, i i started uh we were out two days ago three days ago and we were cat like i sent you that video we started casting mm-hmm. them and oh my god it is the most fun thing i've ever done in my life we we were we were i was watching them on live scope come up and eat the p10 as as we're casting at them and it was like we were really like working like a jerk bait and watch them come up and i'm like oh my god oh my god and they just knock yeah out of your hands it's super cool yeah i think we, it was really we're, fun <clears throat> it was a good trip seven over 28 in the matter of like 25 minutes right at like the golden hour it was it was awesome yep yeah i mean that while well, my 30 and a half that was like right before the sun set and like stopped filming for the day it was just like kind of over it especially after the drive the day before and then like the first in the first 10 minutes the one rod that goes off it was that fish and i was like okay we're done yeah let's go home oh uh, <laughs> back to the shop how heavy was it uh, 10 and three quarters. So, Jeez, I mean, that's a good one. this one behind me from three years ago was 30, but it was 11 and a quarter. Jesus. So Jesus. There's just get a 30 and a half. That's 10 and three quarters. I, I never really go up to O'Connor just cause I hate dealing with the, the crowds, but it is like, if you can do right. this, this year was in, it's like nothing I've ever seen. It reminded me of rainy river. Cause I fished the rainy river run once. And it was like Birchdale yep. where you're literally, you have to park like a mile and a half away. It was so it, I, I got there that day, that day, the one day I went. And so I used to fish O'Connell like back when everyone was on the Surgeon Bay side fishing that. Mm-hmm. So nobody was at O'Connell. And this was 10, 12 years ago. And you'd go out there and um, you'd get out there and, you know, you'd be the only boat. You maybe have two, three, four boats out there. And you that's what I heard. Catch all these, you know, fish by yourself. And then now, you know, I got there at it was at 645 and the line was all the way to the highway. And I'm like, Whoa. Was that that was good? Fr- was that Good Friday or the Saturday? It, it the Friday, next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was, that was I mean, that was insane. Well, I mean, and that morning too, we were talking about this last night with my buddies. Um, dude, it, that was the ramp still an ice skating rink by the time you got there? It was there was bad. I didn't launch there. I turned around. I went to the yacht club farther up river. Oh yeah, yeah. It was funny too because like my buddy pulled in right before me at to to break uh, breakwater, and. Mm-hmm. By the time he launched, I was already out for an hour before he even <laughs> got like launched, launched his boat. I mean, it was just right. ridiculous. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, which, well, I think park park two is still frozen at the time. So yeah, you had park two really and then you had the, um, uh, the yacht club and that launch sucks because mm-hmm. there's no, there's no, uh, where to tie your boat off. So you got to beach it into like the big rocks and stuff like that so i was lucky that's is that the one in the river yeah or? yep you, yeah. you pass it as you go to the breakwater it's right on your right side there but i had we had to put in there we had to put in there last year because um everything was still locked up at breakwater and park two okay yeah, yeah. i didn't like doing that <laughs> yeah i feel you it's it's miguel didn't either with his brand new nitro that he had just gotten having to beach it there yeah, and figure something it's out. fine those glass boats love rocks <laughs> that's right that's what i always tell people to don't worry about it it'll be fine you're good just send her hard that's what insurance is for <laughs> yeah oh. so let's talk uh let's talk live scope 
hold on. I have a client calling me, but he's going to have to wait. Um, when did you first start using LiveScope? Did you get on board like right after it came out or did you wait a little bit? So I was one of the first guys to actually have it. I, uh, cause I had the original Panoptics on my boat. Right. Yeah. And so I ran the OG Panoptics and I, it was, so it, it's kind of funny how I discovered LiveScope myself was almost an accident. Um, so I had Panoptics. It was off the back of the boat and I used it when I was in Canada for like vertical jigging and stuff. I'm like, wow, this is the coolest thing mm-hmm. ever. And then I had it for ice fishing and I'm like, God, this thing's super heavy and like bulky. Cause I had the stock battery that came with it. And like, it was just yeah. too much of a pain to, to bring with ice fishing. Right. Um, so I had it, I had actual live scope installed on my boat. This was 2019. And so I had it installed on my boat. I had it put on the trolling motor and, but I, I never used it. I, I really didn't know what it was mm-hmm. capable of. And, you know, it was like, okay, this is cool, but whatever. Well, um, we were on the Detroit river and Isaac had turned it on and Isaac's like a super high energy dude. He's always moving, always like talking or doing whatever. Right. Well, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like I heard him, I heard him go quiet. Right. And like, he just went quiet and I like, he like, it felt like a, like a dog on point. Right. And I, yeah. I look over and he's just locked in and he's just like yo-yoing a fish and you see his bait and there's like three fish just going like this as like <laughs> as we're drifting and it's chasing it and he's like oh my god that's super cool well like an idiot i never i was like yeah that's cool and then never really thought of anything after that well this come fast forward to uh july i was on leech lake for an aim and it was the day before the tournament and uh we're I, I was uh, I had side image. I saw I had a I had a 93 SV up front, and all I had on it was live scope and side imaging, right? And so I was on this rock pile, and I I, I turned it on because I wanted to turn on side imaging, but I turned it on and it was on live scope, and I, I my troll motor was turned like this, and I just straightened it out. And when I straightened it out, all of a sudden I look and I'm like, that looks like a bunch of like suspended fish in front of me. I didn't know what the heck I was looking at, but um, so I I kind of like snuck up to him with a uh, I had a blue chrome jigging wrap tied on. And, uh, of course he did. Absolutely. Of course he did. (laughs) (laughs) The reason, but, um, I snuck up to him and, uh, I, I pitched to him and, uh, as I pitched to him, like there's Mark here, I dropped it here. And all of a sudden that fish just before I even hit the bottom 20 and three quarter. And I I set the hook and I looked at my partner and said, what the hell was that? Like, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And so, uh, I, I caught a couple like smallmouth and walleyes with it. I'm like, well, that's cool. So the next day, I, we went to a different spot and I'm vertical jigging all of these fish. There's this huge wolf pack and I'm vertical jigging and they're coming up and they're chasing me and I'm ice fishing these things. And like, that was the only way I was catching them because it was, I mean, it, they were just so finicky and it was funny because mm-hmm. there's a, there's a guy from Minnesota who is like the most notorious, like tailpiper in the, in the world. And he watched me catch. I was completely by myself. I'm like 400 yards from the nearest boat. He sees me throw the net three times, three fish in a row, and all of a sudden you see everything get thrown into the boat, and he comes hauling across the lake right to me, and he sets up like 15, 20 yards away from me, right? And, and that's exactly I just shook my, my favorite. Head. Yeah, and I'm just shaking my head, and I'm like, whatever. And so he goes, uh, and he, so he starts talking to me, and he's like, you you, you seen any down? Well, first he said, he goes, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't take to watch you have so much fun by yourself. I had to come join you. And I'm like whatever dude you know oh. yeah exactly i'm just sitting there like yeah whatever and so he's sitting there and he goes uh he goes you you, you seen a, you seen a bunch down there and i'm there like in between my boat and his boat i'm looking at probably about 500 fish and i'm just like no oh, <laughs> there's really nothing down there you know like go the hell yeah you know and he's like trying to fish with 2d but he's not seeing anything and there's 
20 yards in between us and there's 500 fish in between and he's missing them you know and so that's when it was like it kind of clicked for me I'm like holy cow like this is this is unreal and from there isaac and i went to uh uh devils and we started pitching um jig wraps or well, no for, i lied sorry from there we went to sturgeon bay and i was seeing these giant pods of what i thought were uh l wives uh, mm-hmm. and it was day two of the tournament flat flat calm and they're like just these super schools and i told isaac I'm like, are those walleyes and he goes i don't know he goes let's, let's cast and find out and so we thought they were l wives we cast it in there and we doubled up on uh 28 and 29 inches and Wow, that's when I was like, okay, this is this is next level insane. And so we ended up taking third in that tournament, and then from there we went to Devil's Lake, and we were pitching jigging wraps into flooded timber, like literally in the like in the trees. We were like pockets like this jigging wraps in flooded timber. Oh, it makes me like twitch. <laughs> yeah, oh. dude, it it was like if you if you didn't hit this this circle, it was gone. But like if you hit it, yep. <clears throat> forty pound test, forty pound fluorocarbon, and like heavy rods, you'd set the hook and cranking them out of there. And uh, we took seventh in that one, and so we took over the lead again for team of the year because we were ha- we were struggling a little bit that year. And then um, we went to Leech Lake, and Leech was where we like that was the first time that we really were like it's the only time in my career I've ever said going into a tournament that we're gonna win the tournament. Like I'm I'm the most like glass half empty guy. Like because I know what's gonna happen. You know I know what happens. You know, but I yeah. found a bite on Monday where. Um, it, the, the, um, shiners were running and they were like, I mean, I'm talking like top to bottom full of shiners and it was like national geographic. You'd see inside the school of shiners, you'd see this one orb with like all the like shiners running away from it. And it was just giant uh-huh. feeding like four feet down below the surface. And so yeah, that's insane. we're in there just like every day we're catching fish. And my job was to, um, my job was to check Walker Bay. And then Isaac found found that bite late Monday, and he had like 24 pounds, which is a huge bag there. He had 24 pounds in an hour, and so he goes out a different part of the lake on Tuesday, catches 22, goes out Wednesday in a different part of the lake, catches 23 pounds. So all week I'm just staying at Walker just to like, because everyone like sees my boat, but Isaac had an aluminum boat, so he was kind of incognito. And so I'm just kind of diverting at that point, and. Um, it was the day before the tournament. I told him, I said, all right, I want to see this. Like, I, I want to get like, see physically what we're going into before this. And so we waited till 10, we launched his boat, went out to the spot. I put the rolling motor down. I scanned, I go, Oh, there's one. I pitch at it as we're drifting. He's coaching me. I'm vertical jigging this fish up. It's only two feet down. I look down and I watch a 29 eat my jig in a shiner. And <laughs> I set the hook, land it. We, I get back in the trolling motor. I scan, I go, okay, there's two fish right there. I'm like, those look like small ones. Him and I pitched and we both caught 19 and three quarters and it's a slot there. You can only have two. Right, right. And like we caught the two unders like boom, boom. And I I looked at him and I said, dude, we're going to win this tournament. Like there's no way anybody can catch us as long as we do what we need to do. Like it's it's game over. And day one, we went out and we had like 95 fish that first day. Um, And day two, word got out that we had 95 fish because we were by ourselves on mm-hmm. day one day two i had like 15 boats come with me to the area i was fishing <sighs> but i wasn't even mad because i'm like all these out of all the boats that were around us nobody touched a fish because they were all fishing on bottom like traditional you know yep. and we're pitching at these fish you know i'm just like i'm more annoyed because they're in my way you know and we're right yeah. fishing and we again we we had started out slow like we weren't catching much we had, you know, unders and or we, we didn't have our unders. We had like little overs, like 21, 22s. 
and um, we moved to our secondary spot, and the Shiners had moved. And Isaac gets on the main motor. I'm on the trolling motor, and I'm scanning back and forth. And we went a mile and a, like mile and a quarter before I finally saw the Shiners again. I yell him to stop. He stops. I scan. I go, oh, there's a big one. I pitch to it. Boom, it was an eight-pounder. Get back on the trolling motor. I'm like, oh, there's another big one. Boom, six-pounder. We drop the cameraman off. I go. I see three small marks. I go, there they are. We both cast at the same time. We double up on 19 and 7 eighths. Box those. I run back up to the front. I find that third fish. Boom, 19 and three quarters. We had and we had the winning bag within, I think, 15 minutes. You know, so did you run away with it? Yeah, we, in that tournament, we won by four pounds. I want to say um, we had 22 pretty, pretty on day one and and 20, just under 20 on day two. Um, but it was like it was just one of those tournaments where like nobody had it yet. Like nobody had live scope. Mm-hmm. Like I, we were the only ones that had it. And it was just, I mean, it was magical. I mean, cause we, it was just a numbers game. Like I said, I, I don't normally call my shot like that. Cause it's just in fishing that, ha- that too much can happen, but like yeah. I'm big on statistics. And that was when I was like, okay, like nobody else is doing this. You know, the odds of us catching five good ones, if we can catch a hundred fish are way better than the guys who are catching 10 fish a day, you know? So sure. that, that mm-hmm. was a tournament. Like we, once we got live scope, cause so they take your top four for team of the year in MWC. And okay. we had a fourth place finish at Spring Valley earlier that year. Um, and then we had like a 15th at Erie, a 50th at, at uh, Detroit. And then once we got live scope, we went uh, three, seventh and first in, our, in three tournaments hmm. in a row. And we ended up running away with team of the year that second year too. So yeah. once it came, like once it came to my life, it was like, we had that, and then him and I won the MWC on Green Bay the next year, doing the same thing. Like water temperature dropped on us twenty degrees overnight, and mo- everyone who ran up there turned around and re- like got out of there because they panicked the water temp. We put the trolling motor down, turned, and I saw that there were in these. Like I mean, I'm sure you see it. Like when like I, I found on Green Bay, like when these fish get spooked, when the water goes clear, when it goes super cold, they have these big changes. They go into these like super tight balls because I, I feel oh yeah i feel like they feel safer in numbers type of deal yep. um mm-hmm. and so they, they go in these super schools and we like I, put, I literally put the trolling motor down i was like screw it let's take a drift and see what happens put the trolling motor down i scan i go oh my god and it was you know it took us till about nine o'clock to get them to eat but by it was nine o'clock we caught our first fish by like 9 40 we had our sixth fish and we had 36 pounds i think we won that one by five pounds too so I love that when that happens, just like, you know, that they're there and it's just a matter of time and I'm not going to leave those fish and, but you get that bite window and it's just going to be magical. That's just, I mean, I notice the same thing in Okano every single year that I fish up there, like those bite windows, some days when the conditions are shitty, like they're, they're going to open their mouth at some point, but, and you better be ready when they do, because yeah, those, they can be short, but magical at the same time. That, and that's what I love with like, the reason why I love live scope is there's, there's all the idiots out there that are the anti live scope, you know, and it's for me, it's, it's not so much like, I, I know a lot of guys that have live scope that still suck. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like if, uh, yeah, <laughs> if like, well, and the thing is like, if live scope was like the, like the winning factor, I would have won way more tournaments than I have since I got it. You know? Oh my God. Yeah. Like it, for me, it's just a factor that, cause like, I'm a very inquisitive person, right? Like I want to understand the why I want, I want to understand what, yep. you know, why these fish are doing what they're doing because I don't want to just catch fish to catch fish. Like I want to understand mm-hmm. them so I can apply it everywhere. And, and this, yeah. like it, it allows me to get instant feedback. I can make minute changes, you know, like 
just the other day when I was when I was casting for him, just my cadence, you know what I mean? And like a color change, you can get instant reaction to them and, and you can understand what these fish are doing, you know? And, and a lot of it too is like, you know, last year we, we took second and an aim. And I, I really think the, the, uh, on, on the lax and the biggest, you know, thing that, that changed, you know, that, that allowed us to do that was I was fishing in an area where now everybody fishes back there. I, I had a few years where I was the only boat back in there and I was either winning or taking second or third every year for like three or four years. And now, you know, there's 30 boats, 20 boats that are back there. But like last year, these, I knew that area well enough to where I knew there was this big school of fish that everyone was getting distracted by, right? There was a pod of 18 to 22, 23 inches and everybody's fishing back in there on that pod. And it just so happened that Hoyer was back in there fishing too. And he had won a local tournament the day prior. So not only mm-hmm. were these people seeing these big pods of fish, they're also seeing Hoyer adjacent in the area so they're like oh wow you know this is you know they're also kind of boat following a little bit and i sat back like a half mile back on the other side of the area you know and just out in kind of the abyss and i was seeing way less fish but the quality that i was seeing you know was was way better so i was playing the numbers game like okay i understand that you know, i saw those fish i know what quality those are those aren't the ones i need i know what i'm looking for when i see it boom I'll, you know i'll catch it and it's just you it's just another tool that gives me as much information as I can to kind of break down what I need to do. And, you know, you just kind of break it down faster. You have to, you still have to be a decent fisherman. It's just, you know, it's, it's giving you more information quicker. Right. Yeah. That's my whole thing too, especially for new people that are new to live scope. It's just cutting down the time on the water that it would normally take for you to find those fish, figure out if they're going to eat, if they're not, leave them alone and go find other ones. Yeah. And as opposed to before for, for me, we just get out there and wish I don't have to catch them too. Like for tournaments, it's, Mm-mm. you know, for me, if I, if I catch a if I catch a couple, um, you know, if I catch a couple right away, you know, then I get confidence. Like, okay, I can catch these fish doing this technique, whatever. I'll just go into pre-fish mode and I won't even touch the rod. I don't even need to sort mouth them. You know what I mean? Like what's the point of catching them? If you know yeah. them? It's just like when you're pre-fishing for a guide trip, you start looking around and be like, okay, they're here. I have confidence that my techniques will work, you know, that I have the programs mm-hmm. to get them. And it just saves me so much time. I can just go and drop a waypoint. You know, like for me, it's, I don't like in tournaments nowadays, I don't get as much pre-fishing time or like actual fishing, fishing time because, you know, and it's it's not that i'm complaining by any means but you you put a you know you put a giant billboard on your boat it, you can't hide from people you know so yeah. when you're on somewhere where you know you're you fish a lot for example you know someone sees you there you know it's human nature to be like well i gotta check that out you know so a lot of it i don't get to really you know expand as much as i'd like on a lot of these areas so it's you know i have to have that confidence okay they're there i know i can catch them all right let's move on and go you know look at something mm-hmm. else you know so yeah. It's uh it's probably my favorite tool. If you were to take it away from me, I'd be a very crappy person. I caught fish before it, but I don't really want to keep right. without it anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's what I always say too. I mean, it's like, yeah, we did this like just fine before, but now we're learning new things, new ways to catch them, like how I catch walleyes and the hybrid striped bass here. It's just literally you get it in front of the fish and you literally just it's like fishing big lakers through the ice. Just t- start taking the bait away from them. You don't have to twitch it. I mean, I could do the same thing with a jig wrap. Literally, just like get their attention, get them to flip up on it, and then just take the bait away. That's my I never favorite. used to do stuff like that. That right there I means you're about to have. A oh yeah, there's little feeding pants yep. that they do, or when they when they do one of these things and then come up, it's like, oh boy, here we go. You know, or both. I mean, what like the uh, biggest walleye that we caught last year? I mean, I watched that thing flip left and right. 
Yep. Slowly, just all the way up as I'm coaching this woman through this fish, and then it bit, and it was nine and a half pounds of that one. Yeah, right I remember that fish. Yep, that's awesome. Which for Kansas, I mean, in the, that was December seventeenth. No kidding. Wow. But yeah, I mean, just like cold water, slow and lazy. But you know, when they do that left, right, and sometimes they'll they'll disappear from the cone because they're circling it and they're like stalking the bait mm-hmm. on the way up. It's so fun. That's uh, I'll I'll send you a video once we get off this of uh when we were in Sturgeon Bay last weekend, when I was throwing those P10s at them. It's the coolest video I've I like I've ever had uh, of live scoping. I you know cast it off on the break line brought him back you know and that that fish you know was down here i'm up here and he turned vertical and i i just was twitching it like you know it, it's literally the cadence was twitch twitch and then he'd come up yeah it would be twitch twitch and then he'd get right on it and he's literally sitting on it and i pull it away from him and he comes up like that and i go twitch twitch twitch, twitch to take it away and he just i mean just yeah. brought out of my hand and i'm like I mean, it literally both side. I watched him eat and it, you know, you see it on mm-hmm. my scope where he charges up and he hits it and turns and I'm over there like a school child is screaming like, Oh my God. You know, it's just, it never gets old. That's like, I do this 300 days a year and it never gets old. I could sit and without even a rod in my hand, just watch my clients do it. And then when that fish commits or even when it doesn't commit, I'm like, Oh my God. Like I yeah. just get so jacked up. It's like, I think the coolest fish I, I caught aside from that, that P10 fish the other day. Um, was one of the first fish I ever caught when I was when I started doing bobbers with with live scope, and I was on uh, Malax and they have uh, mud flats out there. It's just like offshore structure, mm-hmm. and um, I was fishing above the structure. You know, I was four or five feet up up above. You know, and we were in eighteen feet of water, so I was set like sixteen to fifteen feet down. And all of a sudden, I come off the edge, but I wasn't paying attention, so I come off the edge and I see this fish off the edge and. I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. Just like, I mean, you know, muscle, muscle memory. It's just like you see fish, pitch at fish. Yep. Like it's not even a question, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, so I, I see this fish, and I just pitch at it, not even thinking to adjust my bobber because I'm in like 36 feet of water now, and I'm set for like 15 feet down. And uh, I see it, I pitch at it, and I'm like, oh, dang it, like that was dumb, you know. But it hits the bobber stop, and I'm 17 feet above, above this fish, and this fish is just, yeah. and, and all of a sudden it goes like this. It goes straight vertical and then it just a straight up and I'm sitting there watching and I go, no way, no freaking way. And I'm like, just sitting there staring, like, there's no way. And I'm literally watching it come up. I'm like, there is no way this fish is about to eat. And I look and all of a sudden I see my bobber just go, Bloop. I'm like, yep. holy cow. You know, like I just want yeah. fish come up almost 20 feet. You know, like it's just, it's wild to see what these fish will do. I mean, I, I had a jerkbait fish. The other, or no, I shouldn't say jerkbait, but P10 fish where, you know, I casted it. I'm just drifting. I'm not even. Like I'm not even reeling it. It's just 25 feet away from the boat and I'm just slow twitching it. And there's no fish following me. It's just, I like, I can see bottom, whatever. I'm just twitching it. I'm eight feet down in 18 feet of water. This fish comes, I see it all of a sudden appear on bottom and all of a sudden I see it just rise up and I'm not even reeling the jerk bait. I'm just drifting and just pop, 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 not even reeling. Mm-hmm. I'm just popping it in its face. And this freaking fish comes up and just roundhouse that, that bait. And I'm like, that was like a five minute cast and I got a fish to eat. Yeah. What the heck, you know, painful, but when painful. you see him do it, it's like, Oh, Oh, here we go. You know? Yeah. But I, that's fun. I man. can't even blind fish anymore. Cause it's just like my, like my ADHD, like I'm just so locked in when I'm live scoping. So when I'm like not live scoping, I'm just like, just kind of like not even dialed in just, you know, 
kind of looking off in the distance, just like not paying attention, you know, so I need that. It's awful. I do the same thing. <laughs> like, I, I want to watch it eat. I don't like, that's why I, I'm so anti-trolling. Like I want to be like doing it, like, you know, trying to make it, make it happen. And when I do make it happen, it's like, let's go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like for me too, with trolling and stuff, I don't like the spots on the lakes here are so small. It's hard to set up a pass like with boards and stuff yeah. and that's why a lot of the guys that troll or that that troll well down here rely on lead core yeah um just because the spots are so small you can weave in and out and make hard turns and stuff so when i go up there that's like somebody asked me on the youtube video that i posted yesterday why i wasn't using perspective mode or anything at all and i'm like dude that's like my vacation up there and like i stare at the screen live scope guiding every day for you know however many days a year and I didn't have it down hardly at all. I was just relying on side imaging and just setting up a drift and just going for it and enjoying being up there versus like, you know, it's, I don't get to whatever. I don't get to do it super often like that down here. So that's why I just, I didn't choose to use it. No, it's, and up there, you don't really need it. You know what I mean? Like we, right. like with Isaac, we were doing that casting program that I was telling you about, but like straight live scoping you don't need it like you just i mean you really mm -hmm. don't you know it's it, you're fishing shallow flats and i truly think sometimes in those shallow clear water flats those fish get affected by it you know like they they you know they just i've noticed in shallow water sometimes those fish can get spooky especially that time of year and the more you're moving the that's exactly what i said off, it's like just drift it you're going to be better off you know plus all the boats i mean the pressure you know it's insane i turned around the, that first day i was by myself for a bit and i wasn't paying attention because i'm just you know so zoned in and uh, also i turn around there's like 40 boats behind me and i'm like oh my god like where, where did <laughs> yeah. all you people come from you know and it's just like it's you know yeah. it's a communal area it's not like i was on any, any secret hotspot, but it's just like i like I, how i knew there was people around me was because of like i'm watching the fish they're just being you know super skittish and like weird and also i'm like oh that's why you're freaking out you know what i mean because all of a sudden it's it yep. the war zone you know it's just it's crazy to see what what happens to those fish yep well on that i mean it just is what it is. They're getting smarter and you got to become a better angler to figure out how to catch them oh, when they get it, smarter like that. It's crazy. Like even on Green Bay, I've noticed like the last, well, for example, last year, you know, it, for the longest time, how we caught every fish come August and July and everything. We're bombing jig wraps on this mm -hmm. fish. It's all reaction, you know? And um, I would say, honestly, no lying. I caught 85 to 90% of my fish between guiding and tournaments on a death jig last year. And I, yep. I barely caught any fish on a, on a jig wrapper shiver. And I truly think mm -hmm. it's because so many people are just, you know, that's all they're throwing, you know, and everybody's yep. jigging nowadays, um, which you know, is yep. great to see, but you know, everybody's doing it. So these fish are seeing it, you know, and they're just, they're so used to it. And you know, that's where that death jig, you put something different in their face and it's a little slower, you know, more finesse. And, you know, you kind of give those fish more of a chance to eat it where, you know, they've seen that jig wrap a million times, you know, and they're, they're kind of almost mm -hmm. wise to it. It feels like, you know, the, the bite changes every year, you know, and it's just every year it's a little bit different, you know, and you gotta, you gotta yep. change things up just a little bit. Yep. And that's what I tell clients too, you know, especially ones that fish or fish the same lake that I guide on or lakes that I guide on or whatever, I tell them, I'm like, if you only get to fish a couple times a year, I mean, yeah, you can have, this is your crutch, but like things are ever changing anymore. And I have to keep them ever changing too. Cause I see so many guys out there that watch my videos, like my old ones where that's all I used to use was like a, a jig wrap. Um, and I hardly ever pick up a jig wrap anymore. Um, 
and it's just wall number one. I've had nine or 10 of them in my hand. So I'm just like, if I can get away with just a jig and a plastic, but I see so many boats out there and number one, they're all overworking yeah. the bait Wham. or Wham. yeah. I mean, literally like, Oh, we're slab, we're slabbing. Like we're on Lake McConaughey. I'm like, bro, these fish are going to look at that flip you right off and they're gone. You're never going to catch that fish. Yeah. We're now like we're fin- literally f- finesse power fishing these fish, so to speak. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just slow rolling a swim bait, painfully slow, just like you would do with the death jig, you know, just slow rolling. It. And that's what that death jig for me is, is just like, cause I, they finally came out. My, my dog is joining us, but, um, Oh, Hey, <laughs> yeah, she came, she came in to say, Hey, but, um, you know, last year, like that death jig, they came out with that three, eight sounds and that was the best cause it's, it's super light and I can hang it in their face mm-hmm. for forever. And it's, it's yep. funny. Cause like I see these people and they're just sitting there cranking that damn thing in. And for me, it's, I mean, it's, it's painful, dude. It's, mm-hmm. that's all I'm doing. Just, just, I'm not even like holding the reel. I'm just finger on the reel and I'm just slowly yep. spinning it. And I, I throw down a nine two snare rod from JT and that nine two is nice because it's so long. I can make like, giant adjustments with just like a flick of my wrist right like so those those fish will be following it and i'll just that right like this little movement right here will move it a foot you know i'll bring it a foot up that's wild and drop it down a foot up and you know so i have all these like micro adjustments and i can get them you know they'll start chasing it because it's not like they come up and just cream it it's you know they're following Mm -hmm. it and they're you know for me it's like i'm i'm connecting with them you know i'm triggering that bite where i'm you know fish is here i'll cast here i'll reel it reel it you know or what i'll do is like i'll drop it down right here and then all of a sudden i'll bring it like right here i'll bring it right up past their face get them to contact it and then i'll sit there and you know i'm I'm doing like one of these things with them chasing it and a lot of times what will happen is you know isaac taught taught it to me the best was those fish a lot of times where they eat is right at the boat i mean you you get to the end of your cast and instead of just reeling up and bringing it in you just let it pendulum down and you just kind of do one of these things without reeling and mm. that's where they eat it's right on that fall you know and with a jig wrap, awesome. you get one chance you know you bang it in their face and they either eat it or they don't you know so yep that's that's where that i think that death jig you know kind of and that's where the bobber honestly kind of changed you know every time i've 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 kind of discovered a new wrinkle to live scope you know you kind of have to have the you know the full complement you got to have you know the slabbing comes into play you get jig wraps you get bobbers jigging a minnow jigging a plastic death jake you know i have all different like components you know and it's all reaction speed based and like i have five mm-hmm. rods rigged up with those five techniques and everywhere i go i you know do one of those five you know and you have to switch up and every day is different you know one day they want reaction sure. one day they want finesse they're just they're so finicky and they'll change by the hour i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's just crazy i mean and you see people that are just throwing the same thing and i'm over there just like rifling through stuff and everyone's like why do you have so much tackle i'm like you have no idea <laughs> like, you you literally do not know how that goes without saying if you're talking to the right angler <laughs> why we have so much tackle or so many rods or this or that yeah which you know there's times where do i need it no absolutely not but then you know on the days mm-hmm. where it's like all of a sudden you find these weird wrinkles and it's like oh well thank god i had that you know so it, yeah. uh, you know it's it's definitely something good to have and it's you know it's just playing with those different reactionary speeds and you know figuring out their mood you know and then then there's times where you could throw a you know stick of dynamite and not still not catch them you know literally um i think that's the worst thing about live scope i don't know how many times i've been flipped off by walleyes and i'm just sitting there i'm like if i catch two i literally would win the tournament right now and they're just sitting there like, yeah <laughs> <laughs> or the worst is when they come up to it and you see them like 
Yeah. <laughs> just like, mm-hmm. what, what, what the hell was that? You know? Yeah. Well, literally, what was that? Why did you exert all this effort like, to not oh, it's, eat it? It's the biggest BS. Like when I see him come charging up and they like, so the, the worst lake in the country I've ever been to is Lake Bacagama up in northern Minnesota. And mm-hmm. they're, yeah. they're, it's a smelt fisher, but they're absolute megalodons. I mean, like you catch a 30 and it's like an 11 pounder. Like they look like upper Green Bay fish, right? And yeah, like that's where I where I first came up with the bobber thing with live scope. And um, it was because I'd have to sit there and hold my bait, you know, like a jig and a leech. You'd have to hold it there and that fish would come up to it and they'd like let it like tickle their face and they'd be sitting there for freaking five minutes. And finally, they'd just be sitting there like and they just barely bite it. And you're like, and it's a 30 inch wall. What the hell? You know? Yeah. And so I, I start doing that. And it was the. I mean, I, that first tournament we did it on, I mean, granted we didn't have the program dialed in, but I watched easily a hundred to 120 walleyes come shooting up to my bait. Like it's game on, it's going to happen. And they come up to it and they just stare at it for like three minutes. And then all of a sudden they're like, mm. you're just like, why, why even do this? You know, like you exert yeah. that much energy for nothing. Like you're just like, what? what the hell like nowhere in the country yeah. does that happen like that not like like right i love it but that lake pisses me off more than anything hell more than anything and those walleyes are just so big or what what'll happen they'll come up and they'll like boop it like you just you'll oh yeah we get lots of boops yeah, just like boop or just like a push <laughs> just like i watched uh i we we went in shallow and sturgeon the other day and we uh uh in like six feet of water, seven feet of water, and they were up there spawning, and we could like physically see mm-hmm. them sunning themselves and spawning and whatever. And, and the ones that yeah. weren't spawning that were sunning themselves, I mean, they're like ten pounders, you know. So you're pitching them, trying to get them to eat. And I literally had one, a female, where she she came up and she didn't even eat it. She just nosed my bait like out of her way. She just kind of like mm-hmm. nudged it, and I'm like, what the hell was that? You know, like she just like, that's so cool. Went up to it, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. And she just went. Excuse me. And just not. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> she has some fornicating to do. <laughs> it was funny because you'd see uh you'd see a big female and you'd see five males behind her, you know, and whatever, chase her. Mm-hmm. You try and pitch at them to like get see if you could get like trigger reaction or whatever. And you literally see like the walleyes like barrel roll over your bait, like do evasive maneuvers around you, like, uh-uh, I got one thing yeah. in my mind. <laughs> which, yep. Which in all fairness, if I could only do that one time a year, i I wouldn't be too worried about eating either. <laughs> Yeah, big time. Well, I was like, I think we caught two, two nice ones. One was in the night, one was in the night trolling video, and then there was a different one. But they were both females, and she was just covered in it. Like, really, they were definitely just doing it. (laughs) At a girl, (laughs) but we still got. I mean, it was cool to still catch them. But yeah, it was just like, oh my god, you're disgusting. (laughs) You sloppy girl. (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. That's that's just so. Have you um? What's that? I said, it's just crazy that they'd eat during that. You know what I mean? It's just like, mm-hmm. and you know, it was the same thing that we had. We had all those fish during the day. They could really give, you know, give two craps about us. And, you know, we went back there with, with the, with the P10s at, you know, golden hour. And I mean, it was just, it was stupid. I mean, it was, the, it was the dumbest mm-hmm. thing. Like literally I made seven casts, hooked seven fish. Everyone was over 28. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah. why, why now? You know, why weren't, you know, mm-hmm. you're still doing the same thing right now, you know? but yep yeah that well east side's getting busier now i know tom Bowley just put an east side video out yesterday today but he was like where was he he was he was out in front of well 
I think he was at Henderson's at one point. I know he didn't go to Chateau. There was a forget where he was, but doesn't matter. But um, yeah, it's I don't know. I love the East Side, and I'm so enamored by it, and that's why I'm excited to get up there. And I mean, I want. I think like so this next year in April, we're coming a week later than we normally do because we want to focus a little bit more, like do half the week on the East Side and then half just banging the old West Shore stuff. Yeah, if you generally like, if you can hit like this week where you like you hit like the seventeenth roughly that's when like that bite starts like that's always like historically that's the the when it's like that week of like the 20 like 21st 20th that's always when it's mm-hmm. it's money over there you know because it's yeah because normally the, on a normal year that ice hangs around a little bit longer and it's it's colder you know it takes a while a little little while to warm up i think our Mm -hmm. it was three years ago today we were out there me and my me and the boys were out there and we had two boats six guys and between six of us we had 175 walleyes um and only like two were under 24 it was just like unfreaking real and this is buck wild midday you know we're fishing daylight hours we don't really fish at night Mm -hmm. and so you know we're just pounding them and most most time guys you know guys aren't up there yet now it'll be a zoo but most times you know if you get up there early and get those first couple days it's it's and it's cool too because like you have waves of fish come in you know because they spawn they spawn on the shoreline so oh yeah we had all post spawners that day and then i went out with uh, a friend of mine a week later and we had like 40 fish and every fish was a was a pre-spawner so it was like nice waves and waves and waves of fish and i had one that i i i didn't get to weigh it because we didn't have a scale but it was it was 31 and three quarters and it was pre-spawn i mean it was it was a horse and i it was probably probably pushing like 14 or 15 yeah it was right around i mean my and my pb is 13.8 so i i landed and i'm like oh my god and i i didn't even have a scale on it and it was just like i mean all around just it was huge yeah you know it's we i think we had like three or four fish that day over 30 all pre-spawners so uh-huh you can go night troll at night just i mean it's the stupidest thing or go like spotlight and like actually cast at them like even if you spotlight and don't even fish it's just like this is the most insane thing i've ever seen it's just yeah just cool to see yeah that's fun <laughs> yeah so what else is new? Um, we'll kind of start wrapping this up. Uh, what's the guiding schedule look like for the rest of the year? Do you just kind of like book a little bit at a time, just depending on what your tournament schedule is? Or? Yeah, depends on the year. You know, last year I had a really heavy schedule. Um, this year I a little bit lighter to start, uh, and I, I kind of did that on on purpose. Um, my May my May is booking up pretty quick. Um, I got I got a pretty busy tournament schedule in May, so that that first part's a little little heavy um and then i'll be guiding in malax again so i'm booking up pretty fast with that i only think i only have like two three days left with that nice and um i've been kind of holding back for august to to book up because i always i have people just like august is like my busiest month and for the first time Mm -hmm. ever i have uh i have all august off for uh for tournaments except for i have uh an aim one one eight the aim championship oh okay but other than that i have the entire month off so I, uh, I've been kind of purposely keeping that, that month open. So I, once I start out there fishing June, July, then I'm going to have a ton of people. I'm, I'm booking up pretty fast. I think I have about two and a half weeks left open. Um, good at, uh, there's a lot of like friends like you, when they come to town, I, I want to try and keep a couple days open so I can go see buddies and, and do some exploring. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot, um, uh, 
a lot that we've been talking about for years because it's you know it's it's getting oversaturated up there you know it's you, i know you get up at the the traditional island areas and you know everybody's up there and you know there's not many secrets left up there where it used to be like there's some low-key stuff you could go do um and now you're just dealing with thousands and thousands and thousands of people um which is mm-hmm. you know it's it's that's fine it's it's great to see it's great to see you know people uh putting the trolling stuff away um but you know for these tournaments you have to kind of uh find your own stuff and you know the big big fish are they're a little farther away they're a little harder to get to and that's kind of you know there's been a lot that we've talked about wanting to learn and now that we have live scope it's kind of easier to break it down and, and to go fish these areas so i'm probably going to take a week yeah. and go go do some exploring and you know, test these theories that I have on where we can go for these tournaments. Cause eventually we're going to have a big one back out there, you know, and mm-hmm. you want to have that, have that base knowledge, but I'll be doing that. And then uh, I'll be going in Alaska again this year. So come uh, September, as soon as the, if, if I make, I had a horrible start. So uh, if I make the NWT championship, I'll go straight from devil's Lake to, uh, to Alaska again for about a month. So that'll be yeah that looked pretty awesome yeah last year it's i mean it's dude it's beautiful i mean it's alaska's alaska you know i mean it's the last frontier um yep fighting bears every day which is pretty cool that's like on a (laughs) part of the job chasing grizzlies every day um yeah that's an adrenaline that i can't even describe to people i mean it's to know that i am i believe it i mean to be within 10 yards of a freaking grizzly is like terrifying but yet it's like the most freeing thing and it's it's the most beautiful place Mm -hmm. i've ever been i mean it's 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 absolutely beautiful but it's also the most extreme place i've ever been like you like i've gone out you know i was there 29 days last year and 21 out of the 29 days it rained you know and it's like and alaska rain is a different kind of rain it's not like oh i got a little sprinkle today it's like there was four different times where we got over 13 inches of rain in a 24-hour period oh my god yeah like picture picture 13 inches in 24 hours and we're out yeah fishing in it you know and and you, right. when it happens, it, it comes with like 40 to 50 mile an hour winds too. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's miserable, dude. It's so it, it, it tests you mentally, you know, so there's days where it gets grueling, but I mean, it's when, when you get a clear day and you see those mountain ranges and, you know, it's just the vastness. I mean, you're driving around there's no people, you know, it's just, it, it's mm-hmm. all flying that we're doing and, you know, it's, it's pretty unreal. So um, I'll be, yeah. that and then I'm heading back to Latvia again uh, or to Europe again in, in October. So be a, be a busy guy at season yeah big time well it just sounds like a busy season in general and busy is good yeah so. yeah I, I get real bored in the off season so it's it's good to be busy and good to be fishing and you know it's it uh i've been forcing myself out you know because we've like i said i've had a little bit of a lighter start to the season and i had just a really mm-hmm. just crappy start to the season i mean i just absolutely yeah. i wasn't in it going into it and i knew it um just trying to deal with some stuff and you know you as a tournament angler and it just says a fisherman in general you have to be mentally locked in i mean you know when you do it every day and um yep. you know I, I i had such a i had i had seven days tournament fishing so far this year and i have one limit so it's like it's not what i'm looking for so i uh Mm -hmm. the last two weeks have been you know get out there fish as much as i can and that's uh you know really kind of started to lock in so i'm excited to get back out on the water in the next few days and kind of get back on that tournament grind and turn things around a little bit well, you got to call Brennick so you can do a make-a-wish trip yeah, to take a kid fishing day. Man, I, I don't know with him. Like, I, I take him fishing, and then he starts cheating on me with all these other walleye guys. I feel like I'm just one of his hoes, you know? It's just, I thought I was his walleye guy, but now he's fishing with everyone that, that ever has caught a walleye. So, yeah. Well, maybe you're just going to be number one. 
Yeah, but I like Number I like one. sharing, oh. you know. It's but it is I will say with Brennick, it is getting past the spawn, so he doesn't really fish walleyes once you actually gotta try try and target him. He's gonna start thinking about brown bass. Yeah, it starts to get a little bit too difficult for him, so he starts to switch over to the <laughs> So it, uh, he's yeah. he's one of he, he, we always call him that spawn hero. So it uh, once he gets his truck going, we'll we'll teach him the way of the walleye come summertime. Hopefully, we can kind of there. There's a lot of guys that I call that uh, up there in that area, but we're not going to talk about all. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I, I don't blame them, you know. But it's it's honestly funny with me because I'm I'm such a walleye guy. Like I for me, just how I am and like just how I'm wired. I I don't care about anything other than walleye. Like my goal yep. is always has always been like I want to be the best tournament walleye fisherman i can be and whenever i'm fishing like that's my goal like even if i'm out fun fishing like i'm i'm working on something you know what i mean like i'm mm-hmm. i'm practicing a program i'm practicing you know i'm in my mind i'm pre-fishing for you know the nwt that's going to come in four years you know so yeah i you know last year i was fishing small uh, up in sturgeon bay with uh hoyer i was helping pre-fish for that sturgeon bay open and like back-to-back casts i hooked like five and a half pounders and i just like set the hook and i'm just like I was kind of like looking and I'm like, Hey John, I, I got a, I got one. And he like looks back like, Oh my God. Like that's a giant. I'm like, Oh nice. Like, yeah, I'm just like, I don't even care. You know what I mean? Like, and I land I'm like, Oh, that's, that's cool. And I just kind of throw it back. He goes, you didn't want a picture with that. And I'm like, no, not really. Not really. And then all of a sudden I, oh. I accidentally catch a, a 29 inch walleye on a, like this little beaver tail bait. And I'm over there like, let's go. Like, hell yeah. yeah. You know, and I was all excited. He had to take live scope away from me a couple of times. Cause I found a couple pods of walleye and I'm like chasing it. And that's all you wanted to do. And he's like, we're, we're pre-fishing for a bass tournament max. And I'm like, yeah, but there's walleyes right here. Like who cares about this? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. It is. I just can't bring myself to fish for anything. Like I, I even went bluegill fishing the other day, and like it was fun. But after a while, I, told, I saw that. I told my buddy, "I'm like, all right, let's go catch some walleyes now." <laughs> you know, so it's just- the canals are fun though. When I was up there, I was several years ago. Uh, it was just like too windy for me to want to deal with Winnebago, which is a, like I probably should have been out there. But I was like, let's just go around like and dick around in the canals, and I had a freaking blast. Oh, just when they go, navigating through all of them. When they go off, I mean, Bago's got some big gills in it. Um, mm-hmm. I grew up, I mean, I grew up fishing bagel. That's, that's, that's where I learned to walleye fish and you catch some giant bluegills and it's, it's, it's fun, you know, when you can sit there and it's always fun to go do something, you know, just kind of turn, like what you said, kind of turn the brain off a little bit and not yep. have to, you know, try that hard. And, you know, it, it was, Mm-mm. it was fun. And then, you know, after, once we got our limit, I was sitting there like, you know, I, I had a theory about, you know, bago where these fish are setting up this time of year and uh, we were talking because dj is my tournament partner for bago and i'm like and we start talking you know just start start talking about my theory and i'm like screw it let's let's go and we drove like 14 miles across the lake to get the last Mm -hmm. half hour of the evening to finish it and sure enough they were there and i'm like all right fine like this is a perfect day like i I did my fishing and then i i got some work done you know so yep definitely cool but awesome we're right on, man. Well, I'll uh, we'll start. We'll wrap this up here. I won't keep you any longer, but really appreciate you jumping on. And I know this is, uh, and I know that Taylor on the JMO podcast always says this to to you and and me as well. When I was on there, this is not going to be the last time that we're going to talk on this podcast because we could sit here for another two or three hours and digress on different subjects about this, that, and the other. But really good live scope talk, and that's the main reason I wanted to have you on, um, just because it's been fun watching us because we kind of we you and i had got live scope like around that same time period and just how we both kind of progressed in that respect and then you became kind of the top dog 
in the walleye tournament world, um, really just kind of bringing it all up. And that's in, that's my opinion. I appreciate that. Just how I've seen it. So I love it. Yeah. It's good. Good to talk with another fellow live scope lover. It's getting sickening to see all the live scope paid out there. So it's good to talk to another live scope OG. I love it. I love it. I'm going to start saving mean live scope comments and I'll do like a live mean comments reading about live scope. I'm going to have them on a shirt. I always said I wanted to get like the hater shirt, you know, like just like, I see oh, yeah. seats of everything. Like, Let's go. <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. I love it. All right, man. Well, thanks again. And like I said, we'll talk soon and um, I will see you in August. Absolutely. For August. I'll see you soon. Thanks. for. All right, man. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. All right. See ya. All right, see ya. See ya.